0: You guys remember the, the movie Transformers, like the original, not like the, I know there was like animated Transformers things, but like the Michael Bay, it, we're all the same age. We remember like high school time, whatever, Transformers, Keith's like, well, I graduated college when that came out or, or whatever, but, but Transformers comes out and um, it's like the, the thing, it's like all the rage for for a couple of months and Linkin Park, I think, had like a, had like a, theme song in there. Kyle probably still listens to that. And, and like, there's uh, like all this hype around this movie. And um, I got to make a confession. Can I confess something real quick? Love the first half of the movie. Love the first half. Couldn't tell you what happens in the second half. I, I, I don't know. Like, I know how it ends, like the good guys win or whatever. But I don't, the last 40 minutes of Transformers, I have no idea about it. Okay, because, because the first 40 minutes or hour or whatever is this story. It's got this flow to it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's this action scene and then it stops and it breathes a little bit. And it pauses and you get to like develop these characters. And so you meet Sam, Shia LaBeouf's character, and he's like kind of this, this too a little too smart for his own good, but he's like likable and lovable. So you kinda of like him. He's kind of awkward. You're like, I kind of relate to this guy. And he's trying to date this like 28-year-old girl who's supposed to be in high school. And you're like, what well, like good for you, man? Go for it, whatever. Your car can like transform. And there's like all this stuff happening as you go through the story. Then there's an action scene, so you're cheering for him, and then it stops again, and you meet, like, the parents who are, are like, kind of, like, comic relief, and you don't really, like, like that very much but then you like, get back into it and there's this story that is happening well, well the second half of the thing like this the switch just goes off and michael bay's just like special effects explosions nonstop action and it's just like for for 40 minutes it's just like do 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 and do and do 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 and so i've never been able to make it through that part because every time it gets there uh, i i just i lose interest and then I realize I have a big day tomorrow, so I fall asleep, because that's what I do sometimes when I watch movies. So I've literally never watched. I've tried four times, and I've never seen that second portion of Transformers. But I remember one day I was trying to get through it. I was in the theater. I was watching it. I was trying to get through it. And at one point, I stopped, and I turned to the person next to me, and I said, hey, uh, what are they trying to do again? You know, because there's like a cube, and there's like things that you have to destroy, but you don't know they're like, you can't touch them, you like kill them, and then they come back, and so you don't know how to kill them, and then there's all these storylines, you don't know who's good and who's bad, or what's going on, and it's just like, hey, can we just stop for a second, you know, like, can we just breathe, Michael Bay, hit the pause button, man, let's go, let's just get our eyes back on the ball, what is the point of all of this? Well, I think that, that sometimes the life of a young adult looks a whole lot like the second half of Transformers. How about that for a transition? <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty, let me, no, let me explain it, let me explain it. So, so when we're growing up and we're learning about life we have this, like, this, this flow to life, this, this story, and, and like exciting things happen. Like We get our first car, or we get into a relationship, or we finish high school, or, or, or all of these things. Like Life kind of just flows, and there's like, times where we're on, and times where we can rest, and times where we're on, and times where we can rest. But if we're not careful when we get into the, the real world, so to speak, which we're all learning how to be in right now, the world does something weird to us, doesn't it? It, it throws a whole lot of opportunities at us, and the culture preaches this narrative to us of, hey, if you want to be somebody, you better get going, right? If you want to be somebody, then you better make X amount of money. If you want to be somebody, you better get this degree. If you want to be somebody, you better meet that special someone. If you want to be somebody, you better have this amount of kids or whatever, and and it's like this never-ending last 40 minutes of Transformers where we just go, 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 and it's like, man, every once in a while, we just need to hit the pause button and go, hey what are we doing again, you know? Like, like, where where is the goal? We're we're, we're down here and we're doing all these things and I think we're succeeding and I'm kind of tired, but I'm gonna keep going and drinking coffee and just just going for it. But like, man, maybe we should just take a step back and go, what's the point of of all this, right? And and what's incredible about what Jesus is saying here, I think, in, in the Sabbath, is what he's showing us is there is a flow to life. There is a flow that is baked into the very creation of life. There is a reason we need some highs and some lows. There's a reason we need some work and some rest. There is a reason we need to learn how to close chapters in our lives. There's a reason why we need to take a step back sometimes and remember the big picture. The Sabbath is the day that was meant To do that. And so, to show you what Jesus is saying here in these last few verses, we first need to go back to the beginning of the story. So, turn in the left if you have a Bible, all the way to the first page. The first page in your Bible is called Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. The story starts like this In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, God separated the light from the darkness. And so what happens is God in the very beginning goes, okay, it's time to create. It's time to create. So the original artist looked at this blank canvas, and he started to create. He started to make things. He started to speak things into existence. And as he's speaking them into existence, he takes a step back, and he starts going, man, like this is good. This is good. There's there's something happening here that is really, really good. And then for six days, for six days, God just continues to create. And the, the, the poem in Genesis 1 goes that, that God creates something every day, and then he takes a step back and he says, that is good. Now, if you're in here going, this is why I don't listen to, to Christians, because they just talk about how uh, God created everything in seven days, and it's just so obviously not true. Um, this is a poem that's not, that's, not, that's not a science textbook. That's not what we're saying. You go, oh, the universe is like 14 billion years old. I happen to uh, agree with you. But there's this poem that we see in Genesis chapter 1 that tells us about this God who created this place that we find ourselves in. And for me, when I look at this world, I see the beauty of it. And and I see um, just how how incredible uh, BJ and I were watching Planet Earth last night, and it was just like uh, I had one of those like. Oh. This is insane, like some of these animals down at the two miles deep in the water that we don't even know about, like this is crazy. And then put on top of that, that that we um, humans exist and can have relationships and love and and like generosity is like this principle uh, of life and and story. The fact that we find ourselves in the middle of a story and, and as I look at reality and I look at the words of this book, I go, man, this just lines up so well with a creator for this beautiful creation, and I'm about to go down a rabbit trail that we don't have time for. But if that's you, come talk to me afterwards, because there's so many good answers to that question about Genesis 1. But back to the story of six days on, one day off. So, so for six days, God starts creating things. And he says, like, like he creates animals, and he blesses them. And he says, be fruitful and multiply. Creates humans. He goes, hey, I'm going to make man. I'm going to make man in my image be fruitful fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, right? Go have dominion over this earth. Go take this earth somewhere. And at the end of Genesis 1, he he gets to the sixth day and he looks at everything that he just made and he goes, hey, this is good. Like this this is really, really good, but check out Genesis 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all of his work that he had done in creation. So God finishes his his, his creation in six days and then he goes, okay, now it's time to hit the pause button. Now it's time to take a step back. Now it's time to just admire and look. And by the way, God wasn't tired. Right? Like God didn't need the rest. He knew that we were going to need the rest. And there's something so profound about taking a step back and looking at the things that, that you just made. So, so God creates it, and then on the seventh day, he rests. Six days on, one day off. Six days on, one day off. This flow is, is going all throughout Scripture, and it's meant to be a part of our lives today. We're not supposed to work seven days a week. We're supposed to work for six and then rest for one. Work for six, rest for one. And if you notice in that passage I just read, God blessed that seventh day. What's interesting about that is, is God blesses three things in the creation story. He blesses animals when he makes them. He says, God bless them, be fruitful and multiply. In other words, bring life into this world. And God blesses us, blesses humans. Hey, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, bring life into this world. Then God creates the Sabbath, creates a day, a day of rest, a day to relax. And it says that he blesses it. It's interesting, right? Maybe, maybe the implication is that this day is meant to breathe life back into the world. Maybe, maybe the seventh day is a day where we're supposed to, to, to get fill our lives with those life-giving things that get us ready to go for another day. Maybe, just maybe, a Sabbath, although it is, is a radical notion in today's day and age, was something that God intended for those who want to chase after real abundant life. Life to the full, Sabbath day, blessed it, made it, Holy, but here's what's happening in this room right now. And I know because I'm on the same page as you. You're listening to what I'm saying. And you're going, that's cute, Ryan. Cute, you know? Like, how about this? Why don't you tell that to my professor, Right? hey, could you go tell that to my boss, please? Go tell that to my spouse. Go tell that to my kids. Why don't you go tell the rest of the world that I need a day off? Because as of right now, I'm trying super hard to get everything I need to get done done in seven days. And so if you're trying to tell me that I'm gonna fit that into six days, then you've lost your mind. So that's great, great. Yeah, go have a Sabbath. That's awesome. I can't do that. I'm too busy. I've got too many things Going on in my life, right? Isn't this just what what happens in our, our hearts? This is what happens to to me? Um, last, literally, last week, last Sunday night. I was back in the sound booth while, while Cody was preaching. And um, I'm, I'm, I've been trying to finish school for like five years. And I'm like super close to it. But I'm, I'm trying to get it all done. So I'm back there like, okay, like Monday's my my Sabbath, my day off. But, but like, man, I could just go to school and I could just knock out so many things. So I was about to do that. And, and then I'm, I'm like sitting back. That was so loud. I'm sitting back there. Was that Scotty? Scotty, come on, man. Come on. Get it together. Empties. Empty. Um, I'm I'm sitting back there just having this like internal dialogue, this conflict, where I go, I know what God's telling me to do, but I just don't think I I can do it. (laughs) You know? You ever been there? And what's what's fascinating about this story is that the Genesis 1 story, um, about 1,500 years later, 4,000, it just depends on, on which scholar you talk to, a while later, thousands of years later, the Israelites, the children of God... Have found themselves in slavery. You know the story. They're in um, Egypt. They're they're slaves in Egypt. And and um, well, let's read it real quick. Exodus chapter one. Exodus chapter one and verse uh, thirteen, or fourteen and thir thirteen and fourteen. Sorry. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves. And made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. So the children of God find themselves slaves in Egypt for 430 years. Their job is to make things, to make brick. Egypt was um, sort of like the, Vegas, the Las Vegas of the time, kind of. There's like all these like great big um, buildings and not the lights or the casinos. I don't think that was there yet, but that was kind of like the, the look they were going for. And so Pharaoh was always like, hey, we got to build, we got to build, we got to build. And so put these Israelites, put the children of God to work as slaves. And for generation after generation after generation, the children of God made brick. Now think about this for a second. For the first few generations, there was probably some fight in the Israelites. You know, there's probably some like, no, I remember when, when we were that like creative beings that, that God created us to be and we can make our own way and let's rebel against this slavery. But a couple of generations later and enough whippings and, and beatings, you kind of just start to go, you know what, this is where we are, we're slaves, and so let's just hang out and be slaves. Let's just build brick. Let's just make these bricks for these people so that they can make more buildings. And day after day, year after year, brick after brick, they just kept building. If you think about that, put yourself in in their shoes. What do you do when that's all that you have? You start to find your identity in that thing, don't you? Like, okay, my life is to make brick, so why don't I at least just make the best out of it, and maybe I'll just work super hard, and, and I'll hit my quota and then some, so maybe they'll at least like, treat my family a little bit nicer, and, and I can provide for them, and I'm just going to be a good slave. I'm just going to make this brick that, that these people are telling me to make, but if you know the story, God calls a guy named Moses down to take the Israelites, the people of God, out of slavery, They cross through the Red Sea, and they find themselves no longer slaves. For 430 years, they were a slave. They had people telling them what to do. All of a sudden, they're free. This is all in Exodus 14 and 15. And then in Exodus 16, God goes, hey, you're free. Now get back to what I commanded you to do. Six days, I want you to work. And the seventh day, I want you to Sabbath. Sabbath. Six days on, one day off. Six days on, one day off. It's fascinating when you read it because a lot of them try to do it. Most of them can't. Most of them can't. And think of it, 430 years, they've just been making brick. They've just been making brick, trying to get by day after day, week after week, year after year brick, after brick finding their identity and what they are accomplishing, and then all of a sudden God goes, "Stop, stop for a day," and you go, whoa, 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 "Whoa, I've never done this before. I've never, I've never been able to take a step back and just be. I've always been somebody that has to do." You go, Ryan, why, why are you telling us this story? Like that was, that was, it was like thirty five hundred years ago, and cool, they were slaves in Egypt. Guess what? We're not. But, but when you look around and when you look at, at your own heart so often, I, I think we are, you know? I, I think we are slaves to the, the culture that, that we've been raised up in, that's calling us just to, to achieve and to build and to get somewhere. And, and it's just the air that we breathe a- around here. And so we go, we go, we go, we go. But then it's time to stop and rest. And it just kind of feels weird. <laughs> you ever tried to take a morning off? You ever try to just take a, a few moments off? What do you do? Reach for your phone, right? Or you, you, you go and you, you try to eat, or you go and you try to talk to somebody, or you go and you try to do. So it's like when you go on vacation you finally get on vacation, and then everyone's like, so, like, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, because you can't just be, you can't just hang out. What are, what are we going to do? What are, what are we going to do while we're on vacation? What is that? What is that in our hearts that's not allowing us just to stop and to slow down? I would argue it's the exact same thing that kept the Egyptians, or it kept the Israelites slaves. Because here's the thing you can take the Israelites out of slavery, but it takes a little longer to take the slavery out of the Israelites, doesn't it? It's a bit of a process to go from being a, a slave to, to the world that we live in to being a free son. Or daughter, and so you come here and you hear that Jesus has died for you, and all this the celebration. You get baptized, and you're going for it, and it's all good. And then the same old patterns start creeping back into your life, and it's like, man, what what are we doing? Why? How how did I end up there? And I sit with people, people all the time, as we try to to talk about addictions or or whatever else. And it's always like, well, I'm just going to try super hard this week, and I'm I'm going to make it happen. And sometimes I think we need a pause. As young adults, and go, hey, uh, where are we trying to go again? Like, like, what is this story that we find ourselves in uh, again? What are we actually doing here on? earth because see if if we let ourselves become a slave to our good behavior to um, trying to be super religious like like the pharisees or, or trying to be a slave like like the israelites when they were in egypt then then we we find ourselves falling right back into this pattern of achieve 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 go 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 24 7 fill your life with all these things that you have to do And then all of a sudden, you you wake up one day and you're like right in the middle of the end of Transformers. Just like this is insane, you know. Like my life is so busy and I don't even know what I'm doing. Like 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 I what's the response? Hey, how are you doing? I'm just really busy. We wear it like a badge of honor, don't we? We're like almost afraid to not be busy because we have to fill our lives with all of these things in order to fill the void. Well, the problem is, what happens is you can't do that. And and some of some of us, the, the type A'ers, get to that point and they just double down. You know, like weakness or pain is weakness leaving the body. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm just gonna work harder, I'm gonna press through it. And that's just unhealthy. Others of us, we, we get to that point and we go, man, I just want so badly to escape this reality and, and live for a, a little while in a place where this doesn't exist. So I'm gonna take things that God intended as a gift. And I'm going to use them to suppress my emotions and and get out of here. So we take something like food that that God just meant to be so good and be a gift. And we go, man, I just got to eat. I got to eat. I got to eat. I got to eat. And I got to forget about what I'm feeling right now. You take something like wine, intended to be such a, a gift for the right context, and you twist it. You make it something that it's not. You go, man, for a couple of hours, I just don't want to remember what's going on in my life. Take the same thing with, with sex, something that God created as we read earlier and gave to us as a gift, and you twist it and, and, and take it, pervert it and take it to a place that it was never meant to be. We could go on and on and on. We get to that point where we're so tired that we just want to escape, and so that's what happens. Or, or I would say maybe even worse than that, we get to that point where we just want to escape and we just get apathetic, you know? You just get over it. You just get done with it. I'm, I'm just done. Uh, I'm done. Life is too hard. I'm done trying to figure this thing out. And what I maybe want to suggest tonight is maybe just maybe it's because we need to learn how to get back on this flow that God intended for us to be on where we go and we work for six days and then we stop. We stop and for an entire day, we stop trying to do, we stop trying to do to build our resume or to to fill that void or, or whatever and we focus on just being. We realize for an entire day that, that we're enough. That we're worthy. That it's okay. That we, Yeah, we're falling behind on our emails right now, but it's okay, we're enough. We're good. We're chilling. It's okay. God's got this. It's one day out of, a, out of the week where we stop and we put our eye back on the ball. And we ask the question, Hey, hey, what are we supposed to be doing? So with that... Asking that question and understanding the context, we can now get back to Jesus' words to finish this thing up and understand what Jesus was calling us to do. Remember this story. The Pharisees are going, hey, what are you doing, Jesus? It's the Sabbath day. You're supposed to be following all these rules. What are you, You're supposed to be the Messiah. What are you doing, Jesus? And Jesus looks at him in love. This is back in verse six. And he, tells, he says, hey, I, uh, something greater Then the temple is here. And that sentence is packed with about eight weeks worth of of background. But the Pharisees um, would hold the temple as the place where they'd go to appease God, the place where they'd go to earn it. In other words, the temple was the place they were going to stay in slavery as they're going, well, God is out there and I need to to do these things to appease this God and so I'm gonna do these things really well and they're gonna achieve and they're gonna make their brick back in Egypt as the Pharisees found their thing that they're trying to achieve and as they find their thing that they're trying to find their life in. Right? We bring that to our context today, and it's like we, we find like our GPA or our parents' approval or a significant other or a salary or whatever we find these things to find this approval. In the Pharisees are going, hey, hey, it's Sabbath, it's Sabbath. Like, what are you doing? Ooh, what are you doing? And Jesus goes, hey, I'll tell you something, something greater than the temple is here. What does that mean? What that means is Jesus is giving us the end of the story. Jesus is answering the question, what are we supposed to be doing? Jesus is hitting the pause button in the middle of Transformers, and he's going, hey, let me tell, let me remind you what we're supposed to be doing here. Let me tell you why we're doing this in the middle of all the hustle and bustle. Let me explain this to you. So you see, the temple was the place where God's presence was thought to dwell. When Jesus walked this earth, he was a walking, breathing temple. and In other words, God it came in flesh, and you can read all about this in John chapter one, and dwelt among us, and became the temple in our midst. So now Jesus is like heaven walking around on this earth. Jesus is like heaven walking around, so he's walking into all these situations, and this man has leprosy, and he heals the man with leprosy, because in heaven there's not gonna be any leprosy. Jesus walks up to the woman who's caught in adultery and the Pharisees are trying to throw stones at her and he figures out the situation and he heals the situation because in heaven there's not going to be that jealousy and there's not gonna be that competition and there's not going to be that, that condemnation for the sin like that. Jesus walked into every situation that he walked into and he brought heaven to a world that so desperately needed it. And then it's the Sabbath day and the Pharisees go, you're supposed to be keeping these rules, Jesus. And Jesus goes, no. Now something greater than that's here. So you, you, you don't know the end of the story. You don't know what's actually, you don't know the subtext here. You don't know what's actually, what's actually happening is that heaven is invading earth that heaven is crashing into earth, and as Jesus walked around, that's exactly what happened everywhere that he went. Now, what does that mean for us? It means that our job is to play a part in doing the exact same thing. See, a Sabbath doesn't make a whole lot of sense Sabbath doesn't make a whole lot of, lot of sense to us in 2017 in Cypress, California, because we go, hey, if, I, if I'm going to Sabbath, then I'm going to fall behind. But in light of understanding the actual story, the story of, of who Jesus was and what Jesus came to do, and the end of, of the story that's coming, all of a sudden, Sabbath starts to make a whole lot of sense. All of a sudden, Sabbath starts to be the day where we pause, and we realize, hey, I'm enough. I'm enough. It's okay. Okay, we, we, we've got this, I am uh, enough. So, so l- let me explain real quick. Revelation chapter 21 tells us the end of the story. Revelation 21 tells us that Jesus was here walking on this earth, bringing heaven to this earth, and now it's happening in part, but one day it's going to happen in completion. One day we're going to be here on this earth for all of eternity. We're going to be hanging out together, but without all of the pride, without all the jealousy, and without all of the envy, without all the illness, without all of the pain. We're just going to be hanging out like this for all of eternity, working and worshiping and playing football and hanging out and having fun. That was for you, Mike. I don't know. I think we're going to play football. Um, and, And so that is what we have to look forward to for all of eternity. So check this out. Sabbath doesn't make any sense to us, doesn't make, makes very little sense because time is the most precious commodity, isn't it? Isn't time like the only resource that we can't make more of? Time, money, 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 money we can go make more of. Skills, whatever, talents, we, we can get better at things. Time doesn't wait for anyone. Time waits for nobody, and so time is this precious commodity, and we feel like we're just running out of it. That's why you get past like 21, and all of a sudden people hate their birthdays because they're like, I don't want to turn another year older because then I know that I'm running out of time. Time is this precious commodity, so why would I Sabbath? Why would I take one day off a week if I know that time is running out? Jesus comes down, and he says, hey, because you don't know the end of the story, The end of the story is that we have all of eternity to do this. So yes, time is the most precious commodity, absolutely. But guess what? We're filthy rich. We have an infinite amount of it. We will never run out of time because we get to do this forever We get to just keep going and going and going and going. And so what is the Sabbath? The Sabbath is the day where we stop and we acknowledge that truth. The Sabbath is the day where we pause and we go, hey, this is either right or it's not. And if it is right, that means I get to live for all of eternity doing these things. So heck, yeah, I'm going to take a Sabbath. Heck, yeah, I'm going to stop one day out of the week because I've got an infinite amount of them. So why not? Why not take a Sabbath? Why not hang out? Why not stop doing for a day and just learn how to be? Sabbath is a way to wage war on a culture that tells us to achieve, 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 achieve. Achieving bad? No, of course not. Working bad? Uh, of course not. But why are you doing it? You're doing it because you're, you're a slave to it because you need it? Or are you doing it because you, you've been freed up to do it with love and with grace? And do it well and work six days out of the week? Yes, absolutely. But on the seventh day, you stop. You pause. You wage war against a culture that's telling you that time is running out and you acknowledge, hey, one, I'm enough. <laughs> Just because I'm a human being, I'm 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 enough, so I'm going to put all of those projects to the side. Two, I get to do this for all of eternity. Get to do this for all of eternity. I'll, I'll close with this. I, I did a funeral yesterday and um it was a uh dif- maybe the most difficult funeral that that I've I've been at and that I've, I've done, it was one of those funerals that was just heavy. It was just, it was, there was just a lot going on. And I, I get up and I'm standing in front of everybody and I, I look out and it's like everyone's just crying and, and weeping and you just feel the pain. This guy went too young and, and it was difficult and there was some things that that, that were still, um, some conflict that, that wasn't resolved and it was just like, oh, it was just I just felt it, you know, I, I, I just felt the pain as everyone's sitting there. And, and I started thinking to myself, man, like, what, what do I do? What, what, do I, what do I say to this family? What do I say to these friends right now? And the thing that popped into my mind, the thing that made sense is, hey, tell them the end of the story. Tell them the end of the story. Because sometimes in life, we get so caught up in the midst of these busy seasons. We get so caught up in the midst of, of everything that's going on, and it's like, man, these waves are so big sometimes, you know? These waves are so hard to Life is just hard. Life is just difficult to understand sometimes, and so what do you have to do? What you have to do is you have to pause, you have to get up above the waves, and you got to take the long view, and you got to remember how the story ends, you got to remember that God wins. you got to remember that God is restoring this earth and that we get to do this for all of eternity together. Because although it doesn't make all the pain go away, it gives you this hope in the meantime. And I think that taking a Sabbath is a way that we do just that. Taking a Sabbath is a way that we, we take a step back and we celebrate and remember the end of the story. Like this, man, when I, when I was a, a freshman in college, I remember uh, going into to being a, a college student and um, being intimidated and being scared and, and not knowing like, like quite what I'm doing. And, and um, like all these finals come around, and you're like, well, this is scary because I'm paying a lot of money for this. I'm going to be paying back the student loans for a, a long time. And what if I don't pass? And all of these thoughts start going through your mind. And I wish. I wish somebody would have come up to me as a freshman in college and just said this, hey, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Like, there's going to be some waves. There's going to be some hard things that, that happen as you go. You're going to make it. You, you're going to make it because the truth is there were some hard things that happened when I was in college, but, but I made it. And I And I finished school. Then I finished school, and I had another season uh, of my life. And, Ben, you you guys can come on up. I had another season in my life where I said, man, like, like, there's a lot going on right now, and I'm going to take this. this." I ended up traveling with my buddies for an extended period of time, and it was great, but it was scary. And there were, like, all these hard things that we did along the way. And I wish somebody would have come up to me right at the very beginning and just said, hey, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right you're going you're gonna to make it. There's going to be some waves along the way, but remember the end of the story. You're going to be fine. I remember when I, I um, was driving up to my first day here at, at Seacoast, um, I went back and I, I wrote some notes to, to myself. Um, the, the first morning I was on my way here, I stopped at Panera and um, was just starting to drink coffee for the first time, and now I'm addicted to it. Thanks, Seacoast. And, and, and I wrote some notes to myself. Um, as I'm reading, reading Philippians and, and what my time at Seacoast is going to be as I give it to God. And I wish, I wish somebody would have walked into that room and just said, hey, it's going to be all right. It's going to be good weeks, bad weeks, hard weeks, fun weeks. There's going to be a lot that happens, but guess what? It's going to be good. It's going to be good. And, and, and so for some of you, as you head into this next chapter of your life, finishing school or finishing finals or starting new jobs or getting into to new relationships or getting married or whatever it is, let me be the voice tonight that just says this, hey, it's going to be all right. We're going to be okay. There's going to be some waves along the way. There's going to be some things that happen, but just keep going. Keep going. Keep your eye on the prize. Remember the end of the story. So tonight, what I want to say is I want to challenge you to take a Sabbath. And we didn't even talk really about it. Just take a day off. Take a day where you fill your life with life-giving activities, things that you love to do. Get ready for the next week. But what's under that, what's underneath that is what I want to say is, hey, you're, you're, you're going to be all right. All right. And you are enough. And Jesus loves you so much. Father loves you so much that he sent Jesus for us to die for us, to have a relationship with us so that we, young adults in Cypress, California, can walk through our lives knowing that, hey, it's all right. It's all right. We don't have to be slaves anymore. We don't have to be afraid anymore. So I, I, I got up and I, I told everybody at the funeral yesterday, hey, let's just read the end of the story. And I thought it would be a good way for us um, tonight to, to end this night uh, as well. Just reading the end of the story. Just remembering where we're going to go. remembering how this whole thing plays out. Because in the midst of your busy week, in the midst of your busy life, in the midst of everything that you've got going on, the truth is that God wins and that we, as his children, get to spend eternity on a renewed and redeemed earth, living life, working, playing, eating food, laughing, telling jokes, hanging out. It's all right. It's all right. It's going to be okay. So I'm going to put the, uh, the, the passage up on the screen, and I want to read it for us. I want to read it for us, and as I read it, I want you just to picture it. Picture it. I think it's good to, to imagine where we're going and think about the future. This is something that I, I try to do on my Sabbath days. Just picture where we're going. Picture the end of the story. Picture how it ends. Because man as, as life is hard and you go through life, and you get to that seventh day and you rest and you picture where you're going to end, you fill your day with life-giving activities and worship. Then you get to the end of the day, you lay your head down on the pillow and it's just kind of like this. I can do this for another week. Like, I, in light of all this, I can keep going. Because there's this flow to life. The six days on, one day off flow and when we learn how to live in it, all of a sudden it starts to change our other six days. All of a sudden our other six days start to be abundantly more productive and fun and life-giving. So I'm gonna read this, you guys stand with me. I'm gonna read this passage, the new heavens and the new earth. This is Revelation 21, it says this, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more, the chaos is what the sea represented. The, The chaos was no more, everything was put back together. And I saw the holy city New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Something greater than the temple is here. God is here. God is with us. Something greater than the temple is here. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God gave, that God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So Father, we thank you for the end of the story. Father, we thank you that you win. Father, we thank you that even in the midst of the waves and the uncertainty and all the things that we have going on, we can be um, just walk with so much confidence knowing that you've got us knowing that we're enough and father i pray over every soul in this room tonight that as we sing this last song maybe you would teach us how to rest maybe you teach us how to stop maybe you teach us how to celebrate the fact that you win we thank you for eternity we look forward to it we celebrate it and yet today we realize that there is work to be done So we're so excited, Lord. We're so excited to be your hands and feet. Would you be with us and help us as we worship you? In Jesus' name.